there, everyone, and welcome back to T-E-L-H-M-O-L, a.k.a. the Ezra Lip Hour, more or less, and it's so good to be back here with you. Uh, I hope what's, what's been happening, has everyone been, been doing okay? I hope so. Uh, things are good on my end, but, you know, in the spirit of keeping these intros shorter, I'm going to get right to it. I have a very special guest today, the very talented... Uh, Leslie Mendelson is is on our show, and I I really enjoyed speaking with Leslie um, this hour for what will be this hour of your life. The next hour of your life, I spoke with Leslie Mendelson. That's correct. And um, Leslie is a is is a good friend. She's she's an extraordinary singer and songwriter. She's kind of has a, a a storied career in the fact that. Since the early 2000s, she's been, um, you know, she was on the major label side of things for a little while and got to work with some really amazing people like uh, Grammy Award winning producer Joel Dorn, who worked with everyone from Roberta Flack and Mose Allison, Eddie Harris to, to Glenn Johns, the legendary engineer who kind of defined John Bonham sound and Led Zeppelin and worked with the Eagles and the Stones and she worked with Mark Howard, who did U2, and Bob Dylan, and Tom Waits, and R.E.M., and Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Emmy Lou Harris, and Lucinda Williams, and Iggy Pop, and Daniel Lanois. Um, and she has a writing partner of Steve McEwen, who works writes for Kenny Chesney, and Eminem, and Roger Daltrey. And she's open for Roger Daltrey, but also she's this... Uh, you know, she's become a favorite on the jam band scene, and she's toured with Bob Weir, and she tours with Steve Kimmock, uh, and and was an artist at large in Jam Cruise this year, and sat in with with everyone under the sun. So she's kind of has this unique mix of the studio world and uh, lending herself as a as a lead singer in the jam scene. And she was just she's just a delight to talk to. I enjoy talking to Leslie every time, and I I did this this conversation was no different. So I'll leave it at that. She has some exciting stuff going on that we get to right at the interview, a.k.a. Kickstarter, and uh, some other surprises. So anyway, I'll leave it at that. I hope you're all doing well. Thanks again for tuning in. Feel free to leave a review for the show and uh, send me feedback. Let me know who you want to see on the show. Write a review on iTunes. Tell your friends. And... uh, keep making good decisions and um, I'll catch you at the end of the episode. All right, without further ado, please welcome the one and only Leslie Mendelson. Hey, Leslie. Hi, Ezra. Grammy nominated artist extraordinaire. <laughs> Morning to you too. Great to talk to you. We got, we worked through some some technical difficulties and I think it should be smooth sailing from here on out. Yeah. Technical difficulties of the modern world. We're saying we're so spoiled though. We're like complaining about these things and yet it's also amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just to clear, just to, for, you know, really just you were complaining. Oh, right. Thanks. Yeah, no, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) You're like, come on, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I we all complain. I'm just yes. Um, so so thanks so much, thanks so much for doing this, and um, I'm sure we're gonna have a, a great conversation and, and touch all things. But I know that um, a really important a thing, big build up. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, we well, I mean, I no, I think I it's, always I, have fun talking to you. Yeah, we had I've, a blast on Jam Cruise. Where we talked for like an hour. I know. Just it's, like just. I don't know. We're like, yeah, you should do a podcast. You're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were the you were the first person that that told me I, I I never heard the phrase you have the gift of gab, and I I was very yeah. humbled and and you were going off on the drums. You were just talking so much shit, and I was just like laughing. I thought it was great. <laughs> it was it was very good. It was funny. Thank you, Leslie. Um. Hey. Anyway, so yeah, okay. this is going to be one of the best episodes. We've already established <laughs> that. But in the meantime, <laughs> I I, I want to I just want to hit this hard first because I know that it's it's near and dear to you, and just want all everyone not to have to wait to the end of ep- to the episode to know that um, two days ago, as of this recording, um, which which I've 
I've promised your manager will be out before the deadline. <laughs> and, and I appreciate shout Kevin out for, Royal Potato for giving, yeah, shout out to Kevin Royal Potato Family. I appreciate you giving me a, a deadline to, to start the, the next season because I've kind of been sitting on my hands a little bit. But um, <laughs> anyway, you launched the Kickstarter for I did for a new record that is is uh, that is apparently ninety nine percent complete. So let's just hear let's just hear about that. And I just I just yeah. pledged this morning, and yeah, I encourage the everyone to. So let's. The, oh, I'm sorry. I'm go for it. Go for it. Over yeah, no, the recording's done. All the in, the the music it's been mixed and mastered, and it's great. It's called "If You Can't Say Anything Nice." And uh, we decided to do a, a Kickstarter uh, because, well, I don't know what's going on with Pledge Music. That's A. I shouldn't say that, though. Kickstarter's great, too. But it's just a funny platform. Um, I was going to say that um, we're just looking to to uh, raise some money to get get the word out there as far as hiring publicity and radio and uh just you know all the different ways you need to to get get the word out. So that that's really what it is. All the music's done, so that's that's good. We just um, we're gonna work on the just the other the other half of the the really fun part. <laughs> no, actually, it's 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 not easy promoting um, a record, but you know you got to do it. And um, and this is the first time I've ever done it like this to get people involved and you know there's such a good community it's such a big community and everybody seems to like want to be a part of it so uh, it's kind of exciting in this last two days I've been kind of blown away by how many people have been wanting to get involved so what what community exactly are you referencing beyond like that I, I don't know anything about the record that you just recorded so maybe maybe you could walk me and, and us through Sure. Led up to this point. Well, I meant just community is in like friends and social networking and stuff like that. That's that's what I mean about that. You know, I have I live in New York, so I, there's a definite um, friend group and community, and people come out to see shows. And then there's the whole West Coast scene. You know, through you know people that I've met through Bob Weir and the Grateful Dead scene, and the fact that I work with Kimok and um, that's Steve Kimok. And uh, so there's that whole base as well. So it's, it's just interesting kind of, um, they all cross over though, especially in New York, you know, with, with, uh, you know, when people were coming to the shows, I I've met, there was people from all different, you know, just different people. So when you say different people, you mean people other than Groups. themselves? <laughs> I don't know what I mean. <laughs> just a lot of different people. Well, okay. Let me let's start with the musicians. And, and people are, where I've met throughout my whole career. Are are there are there? So your last record, Love and Murder, which mm-hmm. came out uh, two years ago. Is that correct? Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Uh, yeah. So that that was um, that was a really stark solo solo album. Not not uh, not too many other musicians featured as, as I understand. I know there's, there's a duet with Bob Weir and, um, but I, I think most of the rest of the record is, is mostly you and solo. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, is right. this record feature more collaboration with some of the musicians that we've been talking about? Yes. No, not really. Not, okay. well, we haven't <laughs> talked about anybody yet really. Oh, is <laughs> so. this, is this still under wraps? No, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Um, this record, so the last record I did, um, a lot of the songs were written by uh, with Steve McEwen, who I've been writing with for years. He uh, he wasn't on the record though, so it was me. And I worked with Mark Howard, the producer, yeah. um, and uh, and we did it together in Topanga. We did it in like two, three days, and it was basically me doing most of the instruments. But then we had um, a guitar player, and uh, we didn't have any drums. I don't think. I think just very sparse drum drumming. And then, so that was it. Yeah. So this record we did in Brooklyn, it was produced this time by Steve McEwen and Lorenzo Wolf, who uh, runs restoration sound in Bushwick. And so we did it there um, over, I'd say course of two weeks. We had um, uh, Zach Jones play drums 
and Lorenzo actually played bass and Steve and I uh, did the rest of it. Like I played most, I did the piano, uh, organs, guitar, Steve played electric guitars and guitar and whatever other bits and bobs, you know, I did some harmonica. We did all of our singing, all the backups. So it kind of kept it between the, the four of us. And is this, um, well, a few things, because I, I don't want to just gloss over, you know, you just, you just did some, some serious name dropping and I want to, I want to touch on that because, because okay. the, 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 the caliber, you know, like Mark Howard, for instance, who did your last record Yes, let's it is like, well, 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 let's come back to that. But you know, he, he's worked with Tom, Bob Dylan and Tom Waits, REM, Emily Harris, Lucinda Williams. I mean, these are just like monster, you know, Steve McEwen. He's recorded re- some incredible records. Yeah. yeah. Steve McEwen, McEwen's worked with Kenny Chesney and Roger Daltrey and Eminem. It's like, these are, these are, you know, he- heavy, heavy, heavy people. They're but, not no one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and <laughs> I want to revisit that and, 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 but in the meantime, just to focus on the Kickstarter. So like the record's done, I can't wait to hear it, but like, where is, you know, promotion, like what, what basically where, where's the money going to, I want to get people excited to like, you, you know, what, what kind of plan do you have as far as. Well, I want to hire PR. So that, that costs a certain amount of money a month, you know, uh, that's, and I'm not even sure exactly how long I'm going to have hire the PR for, but I want to do it at least for like three months. So mm-hmm. then you have to hire radio, a, a, somebody who'll bring the, the music, uh, for, you know, whatever songs we decide on for singles, you know, to radio and, and, um, and that's going to be a lot of it right there. Yeah. There was something else I'm glossing over. Touring, was sub- touring, touring support. Yeah. And, um, and I think there was something else. I'm just not looking. I'm just blanking. But, um, but that, that's, that's so much of it right there. That's going to be, that's, that's the bulk of it. Um, and yeah, I'm like thinking about, oh, let me look at my, let me look at my bio. <laughs> what did I say? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, videos. That was what I was missing. Ah, that's videos. a good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wanted. I have some pretty adventurous ideas for. Actually, the first song on the album is called "Lay It All on Me." I've been doing it live just this last. Uh, so I just did a Rockwood Music Hall residency. I played every Tuesday. There's a couple of acoustic ones with like the trio. We did me, Steve, and um, Brian Colleen, who played upright bass, and then we did two with the full band with Zach Jones and then Brian went to regular oh, electric bass and um, it was still me and Steve and uh, we did a bunch of we tried a bunch of stuff from the record and it was really fun so Lay It All On Me is going to be probably the next song I'm going to re- release and and that one I have a pretty ambitious idea for a video so you know things like that is it well. is it too soon to uh, to lay out your vision or do you want to keep it a surprise um, well, I don't know how to explain it. So yeah, we'll just let okay. it, yeah. we'll let that go. But it's, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of lights. <laughs> okay. It's be a light show. Yeah. But, uh, okay. yeah. And I could do all this stuff on the cheap. Let me just say, you know, like I've, I've, I've released records before. My first record was on Ryko Disc. So of course we had like a pretty big budget. The last record we did with Royal Potato Family, you know, it was, it was decent. We did it. Um, you know, and we did a lot of it on our, on our own and, and, and it was, it was good. It got out there, it got the word out there for this record. We just want to up the ante, like, you know, we just want to pull more people in and, and just make, make it a little bit of a bigger splash. And the only way to do that is when you have more cash. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally, I totally hear that. And, and, you know, you have, an interesting experience because, well, I, I feel like you, um, you know, may, maybe when you were working with Ryko Disc, and um, you know, making Swan Feathers, your your first record, y- you were you were maybe like in a in a time that doesn't quite exist anymore. No, I got a nice record deal 
Yeah. And the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, huge. I mean, working with Joel Dorn, producer, yeah. with worked with Roberta Flack and Mose Allison. Donny Hathaway. Yeah, just like these major artists and some of my favorite records. And then also Glenn Johns, who's like yeah, I got a chance to work with him. Engineer, in kind of, kind of defined, you know, John Bonham sound from Led Zeppelin as far as the recording. I mean, and worked with mm-hmm. the Eagles, the Eagles, Stones. So I mean, can you now things are just? I I feel like big contracts like that, from what my understanding, don't don't really exist anymore. If they do, it's just to like you know, Beyonce and that you know. So how how was that? You know, at at a young you know, early on in your career, first, like, how, what was, can you speak to that experience? Well, the lunches are definitely better. <laughs> you know, I mean, just in general, it's amazing when you have a budget, how much time gets wasted. Yeah. And that's the biggest difference to me. It's just like, and I wish I could tell myself now, like back then be like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> Get to work. But, um, but you know, you do stupid things when you're a kid. And, uh, so yeah, the what was the question just just tell us a little what about yourself saying? just <laughs> just recording in general as no as just like, how, like how i mean like well budget? i guess if i had to narrow it was down i'd say question? i'd say maybe c- compare some of what it was like making a record in that environment versus yeah, your, your last right, your more good. recent experiences and how it's you've seen things bigger. evolve like uh, you know like working with glenn johns like that we had we had a pretty nice um uh, a budget and, and and we worked in British Grove Studios, which is Mark Knopfler's studio. And um, I'm sure I have some pictures posted of it somewhere. And uh, it's amazing, just huge, beautiful wood and grand pianos and any, you know, it's just, and just the, the sound was incredible. So, you know, working in there, it's a shame none of that stuff got released, but maybe one day there was a few songs. There was a few tracks from that record that was good um, that I really liked. And uh, well, it was actually not even a record. We did about six or seven songs. But um, and then working with Joel, we did stuff at Sear, Sear Sound. I think Sears. I forget the name of that studio. It's such a beautiful studio, though. And then you know, working in Avatar, did you know after you know the stuff with Joel. Because, you know, just to, you know, he, he passed away, so we didn't get to finish the record. And it's kind of a long, complicated story, which we won't get into now. But, we you know, we we finished working on it with Rob Mounsey, and we, we worked on it at Avatar, which is, again, another beautiful studio. So the, the record we did now was funny because Steve and I were looking, we were, I think I met... Lorenzo at a Teddy Thompson's show. We were at City Winery and we just started talking and um, he was telling me about a studio he had in Bushwick. I was like, oh, and I'm like, and I wasn't even thinking about recording anything at the time. Like, do you ever rent it out, you know, your piano just for a writing room? He's like, oh, you could just come and work here. You know, like, I was like, oh, great. So Steve and I started working there just writing songs and we loved the vibe so much on this piano. It's kind of an old upright piano and just the sound of the the, the room and the vibe, we just started writing there. And we're like, we should record here. And so we got it together pretty quickly. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's not big, but it's got a lot of vibe. It's a really cool studio and he's got all the good gear and he's got, you know, all the vintage instruments and it's just, it's a real creative atmosphere. I actually like it because I don't feel so, um, precious about time as much when you're not and not that he would you know it's still you know he charges we you know it's it was still you know uh, but I think that working in that kind of environment just it just felt a lot it was very relaxed mm-hmm. and do you feel like what was what was the relationship like as far as the producer artist did you feel like you maintained your vision or, or yes we I mean, we really went in there with a vision and that's the first time too like I kind of had a real strong idea you know we, we we talked about what we wanted it to sound like before we went in and our template was uh plastic ono band 
Okay. John John yeah. John's um, first solo album. And it's such a sparse record. It's got bass and drums and guitar and piano. That's it. Nice. And uh, an organ, a little bit of organ. We really followed that template because, you know, the songs kind of lent itself to that production. And especially coming from Love and Murder, which was, again, such a sparse record. It, I didn't want to, like, overkill it. Plus, we didn't, you know, it's it's just what you're capable of. You know, I think we kept it really just between us and, and um, very intimate, the, the recording. And um, I think so we kept that vision throughout the whole thing, I think, throughout the whole time. Sounds great. I can't uh, excited to hear it. Sounds yeah, sounds really cool. Yeah, we have band stuff. It's it's and it's a lot edgier too. There's like a lot more like there's it's there's some good rock and roll on it, as well as some ballads. And so it goes from the whole rock band to stripped down just guitar and vocal too. So you really we run the gamut of sounds. Awesome. Um, so I'm curious about. Uh, there was a time after working with um, all the the aforementioned people on on your your first record, all the all the bigger producer names that we were listing, um, and apparently it didn't didn't quite work out and didn't come out in in that in that form. Um, and I know you said you didn't want to talk about that, but then there was an which is fine. And then there was an eight year period before love and murder. Yeah. Uh, can you, can you fill in the blanks a little? What, what was going on in your life at that point? I don't know. It's, I think I dealt with so, I just, I think there's a lot of self doubt and depression that I dealt with for eight years. Like, you know, it's never been easy for me to make a record, you know, from, any record I make, I usually, I hate everything I do, you know, and it's just this thing of like, I don't know why I, you know, I mean, it's, it's just this dark thing that I have inside of myself and, and I, and I get in my way. So even if I have a recording, cause I, I'd recorded a full record. Um, it was called Melody Kills. It's a, and it's like, looking back, it's a great record. I don't know why it didn't come out. So that was like 2012. Like that could have been a record that came out and then the Glenn Johns thing well that got dropped but like all these starts and stops like and and it just gets in my head so I was just like and now finally I made this record with Mark and he got in touch with me uh, and reached out to me saying that he really liked my voice and my vibe and I, he'd love to make a record and so I was like oh wow so I think that was 2000 maybe between 2016 or 15 2016 I think and, and um, I'll just say and, that that's kind of like incredible <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You know. It is crazy. So yeah. like he found, I think it was through the my the English connection, you know, because um through 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 Trinifold when I was working in London, those were and that's the Who's management. We'll get back to that later. Okay. And um so Mark had I think heard of me through them. Anyway, so he got in touch with me and I was just like, "Okay, let's do it." And we found a batch of songs and that was actually very uh focused as well. He said you know, um, let's, he, he, the song Murder Me was the first song that caught his ear. And he's just like, let's build around that. So it'll be like your murder ballad album, like perfect. And so like Jericho and some of my darker kind of, uh, acoustic songs all fell into place with that. So we, um, we did it, but I know that as soon as it was done, I was, I was like, ah, you know, it's really hard to hear yourself. And you know, I, you know how it is. Um, I don't know, maybe I, I'm a little worse, but anyway, when I met, I, I, I met Kevin again, uh, through, through a friend and, and, um, he had worked with Joel back when I, for, when I was working with Joel, he had known Joel for years. And so that felt amazing working with him because, you know, the whole Joel passing, there's a lot of unresolved feelings there. So it's like working with Kevin, or meeting Kevin and getting to work with him again that he wanted to work with me almost felt like, I don't know, just, I, it felt like I, I almost took a deep breath. Like there was something that came full circle and very healing. Mm. And Kevin's been amazing as far as label and manager and a friend. 
so he was just like, we're just going to put this record out. He's like, you know, and he's, he's always one to like, just push me, like, stop overthinking things. You're great. Just stop it, you know, and getting out of my own way. And I think the more that I get out of my own way and I just do things, even if I hate it, it's always just like, just get it out there. And once it's out there, I feel better about it. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like become a practice of like really trying to let go. And, um, and so as hard as it was to make this record, um, it's still like, I'm, I just, I just, I, I want to believe in myself and just put things out there and, 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 you know, cause it's important too. Does, does, uh, that feeling of letting go, does that relate at all to the lyric in your, in your newest single, the hardest part when you say, yeah, well, yeah, that's interesting. It's the hardest part. I didn't even think about that. Um, um, which is great by the way. Love that song. Thank you so much. Yeah, that that's more of a um, the, like getting back to you know like when you're a kid and you do things and you have wild abandonment when you're when you're a kid and you don't think about anything you just do and it's all instinctual and emotional and and coming from inspiration. As we get older, we get kind of jaded and and the the wish or the hope of just feeling that feeling again when you had a kid you know when you were a kid so that that's what that song's about just getting back to that place do you have any uh ways you do that any practices or i think you know i do believe in meditation i do believe that it it helps you know as far as trying to or not trying transcending you know, getting just rid of that, just blah, that we deal with that gray matter every day. I think we talked, we've talked, are, are you a regular meditator? Um, yeah, well, I can't lie. No, no, not, not recently, but I was thinking about it today because I've been so, um, feeling bogged down about looking, uh, I'm, I'm like too much online and my phone's attached. Like, it's like, I don't yeah. even have a hand. I have a phone for a hand, <laughs> you know, and it's just pathetic. And I just need to shut it down. And I, whenever I do meditate and I get back into that place, I feel so much better. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, as soon as I hang up, <laughs> it's important. You, you know, you got to shut it down. And there's a song in, on, on the new record called, uh, I need something to care about. And that deals with that feeling very much of um, like with the news cycle and all the chatter and, and, and the social media. And sometimes I just like feel like there's like a white noise. And I'm like, how did I ever write songs? Like, how do I, you know, you have to shut it down because sometimes it's just it's so much that I'm filled up with it that there's no room for anything else. So that's that's I wrote a song about that. And um, deals with those issues. I've been, I've been, I completely relate to that. And I feel like of the last few months, I've, for various reasons, but I, I feel like my, my attention span, my, my, my ability to focus on a, on a single task, like particularly like, you know, practicing drums or something that I, I want to do for a sustained bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like is 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 decreasing, and yeah. and you know I'm able to access it still, and and I and I've been keeping up a regular meditation practice um, for for basically basically I started on Jam Cruise actually, so basically all I mean I've kind of been on and off a lot before, but I've been consistent since since then in January. Um, Good, but still. Yeah, there's just it's really it's hard. problematic. It's I've, become harder. Yeah. Um there's just a lot of a lot of distraction and yes. I I feel like everyone is kind of feeling that that pull you're always pulled in so many directions and um yeah, I just wonder uh where that's going <laughs> to lead us if we don't try to maintain some autonomy over that we have to be really conscious of it and 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 more present and and i think it's really easy 
to just pick up your phone or do that. It's, it's harder to set aside time for yourself. It's, it's hard. And, and maybe because, and I think it becomes easier the more you do it and you make it a practice and a meditation mm-hmm. and, um, you know, setting aside time to even read a book yeah, oh, is man. becoming difficult. So it's like, we just have to take responsibility and know that it's easy. It's like eating junk food as opposed to like mm-hmm. eating broccoli. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's more fun. It tastes better, but mm-hmm. you can't just live on junk food. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so I feel uh, like I deal a lot with that on the record. I feel like, cause that's just been my experience lately. So t- like talk about that more. Just, just, oh, what were you, what were you going to ask a question? I'm going to cut you um, off. Yeah. I was going to ask on that note, are you able to make concerted efforts to set aside time for, for writing? I had to for the record. Yeah. You know, and, um, and Steve's so great, you know, he's actually way more disciplined. Obviously that's what he does for a living. So it's like, come on. I'm like, all right. So, you know, I had some ideas and things that I wanted to sing about. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to, um, like practicing for me is, is is the hardest. (laughs) I just have to like work on things. I'm always, I always have to work on things. So, um, but yeah. Did I answer that? What's that? <laughs> Did I answer it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. As I'm talking, I forget like sometimes what the question was. <laughs> I, um, I have never actually, well, it's not entirely true, but I, I feel like I've limited experience co-writing music, mm. um, particularly like songs with you know, like, well, I've, you know, I've, I've written things with people where we'll, we'll be jamming and then we'll be like, oh, that was cool. Let's, you know, do that again. And, oh, and you could put that thing here and that section there. But like, as far as like writing a, 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 a song, you know, a real song song with, with lyrics and a verse and a chorus, I feel like I, I do that kind of thing on my own, but I've, I haven't really had the experience where I've, I've done it with, with another person so I, I'm and I know it's it's very common but part of part of my ignorance but I mean wh- how does how does that even work it's like are you you know finishing each other's rhymes or what what is what is that like working with Steve yeah well we don't really have a role as far as like you write the music you write the lyrics we just have ideas and then we just expand on them together you know sometimes he'll write more of something um, and then or there's just an equal kind of tennis match of just bouncing around ideas. Well, that seems really easy then. It's nothing's easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially with us. We're, sometimes we're just yelling at each other. We do it. We, we, we definitely go to blows as far as like, ah, you know, we don't hold back because I've really? never, you know, we're really comfortable with each other. So yeah. we say like sometimes the nastiest things, but we just do it because we're like in the heat of the moment and just like, you want to get the best thing out. So like, what is that? That's shit. You know, sometimes mm. we're like, but nothing's, you know, we don't really mean it, but it's just trying to like get that, the challenge of getting is the best thing you can get. And and you'll really go to like personal fronts. <laughs> Sometimes it's all like in jest, so it's like kind of yeah, not okay. that serious, you okay. know. I think it's just a fun way to just not hold back. Yeah, that's. I don't know how healthy it is, but no, it's, I mean, <laughs> so, obviously, it's working if you've maintained this relationship for we've uh, yeah twelve ten twelve years already. Wow, and how often do you get together to do this? Well, we play, we play a lot, you know, we, we, when we did that residency, um, but you know, we haven't written since the record, like we have, we've had some song ideas here and there, but we haven't really finished anything. I I feel like there's, we have seasons, you know? So like, Mm -hmm. I bet in the next six to eight months, we'll probably do some, we'll probably finish some of those ideas, you know, and, and work on them for the next record. So I'm kind of going through your biography and I feel like I'm starting to come together to me. And and in a minute, I do want to uh, transition to talk about some of your more recent collaborations of the last uh, 
six years or so. I lost you. Are you there? I'm I'm here. Yeah. Can you hear me? Hello. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. I you went all scrambly for a second. Okay. I got you there. Okay. Um, what I was saying was in in a second I I in in a few minutes I would like to transition to the more latter part of some of the stuff you've been doing as far as working with, uh but the west coast jam scene and bob weir and kim Ock and all that but the the mm-hmm. part of my your biography that i feel like i i still haven't quite pieced together in my mind that i'm curious about is just just your um your your first leap from like y- you know being a a kid to like all of a sudden you're in London and you're on the who's who's label. And like, I don't, I, I guess I'm just like, whenever I, I've been constantly impressed whenever I meet you, I mean, as, as I met you and then I feel like every day, every time I see you, I'm like, Oh, she, she's worked with that person too. I'm just like, man, how is Leslie work with all these amazing people? And, and I, I, I'm just <laughs> curious about the, 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 the entry point. Like, was it a, was it was it one person that kind of opened up a whole world for you, or was it like what were your 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 transitional from amateur to pro days like? Well, um, well, I lived on I was I was living on Long Island. I had uh, I had various different bands on Long Island. This is in high school, like what, okay, like back. after high school, after like throughout, like uh, I I joined a band called Mother Freedom. We were like a funk kind of jam band, I guess. Um, and there was a big jam scene on Long Island. So, you know, uh, I listened, you know, there was, there was really good Grateful Dead cover bands and, um, and, and you were into and that music so already. That kind of got me into it. Cause I never saw the Grateful Dead, but the band was so good. They, I kind of got it. And then I mm. sing with them. So I learned a lot of those songs. So that was kind of that time period. And then, um, I, I, I moved to the city probably in my early twenties, mid to early twenties. And then went to like, kind of took a sharp turn and away from the jam band scene. Like I didn't even think about it. And plus it just wasn't available. It wasn't happening in New York city. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, I started going to a songwriters group every Monday. It was Jack Hardy. Do you, do you did you ever hear of him? Fast folk. He was like one of those um, just great, great singer songwriter. New York City, you know, came up in the '60s, and and a lot of people came through that group, like Suzanne Vega, Richard Julian, um, Sean Colvin, Lucy Kaplansky, like just a a fantastic group that would meet every Monday, and you just play the song that you wrote that week, and it get critis- critiqued, hmm. um, and you know, some were better than others, and. People would bring wine and Jack would cook pasta and he had one of those classic apartments in, in Greenwich Village where like the bathtub was in the kitchen. It was an amazing wow. time. Yeah. And so that that kind of got me on track for my first solo record, Take It As You Will, which I got mastered at DB Plus, which was the studio that Joel Dorn worked in. And they're like, oh, you know, the kid's got something. Hmm. And so he was just, we started talking and, and hanging out and making demos there at the mastering studio because, you know, they had mice. And the guys that mastered it was uh, Gene, Gene Paul, who's Les Paul's son. Gene Paul's, you know, mastered uh, and engineered some of the great Atlantic records. You know, he worked with Joel on all those records, a lot of them. And, um, so that that got me the deal with Ryko. Okay. Those demos. So you were you were pretty young. Yeah. I was like, you know, mid twenties. Did you feel did you feel ready for that? No. I I was awful. I was like a bag of nerves <laughs> and doubting everything and just, you know it's just yeah, like again, if I could just just shake myself back then and be like, look at what you have going on. It's just it was just hard. It was hard for me. You know, it's just, um, I mean, I, let's say I, I, I enjoyed it too. I'm not saying it was all <laughs> doom and gloom, but it was definitely, it wasn't easy. And, um, you know, as far as those, those demos becoming records, that's where, it, that's where the transition got tricky. And then Joel was taken off the project 
And then I, st- uh, you know, but before I started working with Rob Mounsey, Joel passed away. So it was just that awful, awful. Cause I, and we were good. We were still good. Cause he's like, you know, he was still going to like be a part of it because it was just, it just, but the record company, it was, it was just really Why did tricky. Get taken off? Because they weren't moving from demos to the fully realized songs. But the weird thing is that looking back now, it's just like, you know, we put those songs out um, after he passed away. It was called the Joel Dorn Sessions, and, and it's about five or six of them. And they're they're beautiful, you know. They're, they are sparse, but that wasn't quite the vision that everybody had at the time. So it just became a really tension-filled situation and Joel kind of you know removed himself and it was just tough because he was such a good friend too and I and I wanted to make it work and he's like I'm still here for you you know whatever you need I'm here I'm like great and then he and then he died like a few months later and it was just devastating and I had to go into my next record with that and I had so much guilt it was awful it was terrible that was hard what'd you have guilt about um, that it just, I could have, I just could have tried harder or made it work better. And I've talked to people because, um, they're like, you did everything you could, you know, and, but it was, it somehow just really stuck with me and it really, it haunted me. Yeah. Well, we're all, I feel like we're all fighting a war inside of, of various to various degrees. Yeah. Every day I try not to be an asshole, you know, like I just, this is something like, it's so hard, you know, you look like, why did I do that? Or why did I do that? You know? So it just, I don't know. That's my, like, just try not to be as much of an asshole as I was yesterday, you know, goals. I think you're doing great as far as I can tell. Thanks. I, I always really enjoy. Sorry, are we getting deep? You. You know, I cry. <laughs> Is this too dark? Is it too much? I, no, this is this is the whole point of the show okay. to get to get to these places. Um, but we'll we'll transition to something a little lighter, which um, I imagine it's it's much lighter than um, which is your your reemergence and and I guess reconnection since it it was part of your your uh, adolescence um, with with the the Grateful Dead and the jam scene. And uh, I'm guessing that was somewhat of an unexpected uh, twist in your career that emerged yeah, not, not too long really ago. It really was. So when I was living in London, um, and uh, my manager in London, Robert Rosenberg, um, was working with Justin, Justin uh, Kreutzmann, who is Bill Kreutzmann's son. He was working on a film. He was doing a documentary on Pete Townsend. So, so uh, he was in town. He's like, oh, you should come here. One of my artists, she's American, you know, blah, blah. So they, they, I believe they looked me up and found when I was, when I was doing um, the circuit, when I was doing uh, the Swan Feathers uh, promotional circuit, I was, I did relics because they were asking me questions about my youth and my Grateful Dead experience. So I wound up doing a cover of Friend of the Devil. They found that. They were like, oh, she's ahead. So I hear uh, Justin... Uh, Justin and, and, and Chris McCutcheon, like in the audience going, they were shouting friend of the devil. And I'm like, I'm in London. Like nobody likes the dead in England. <laughs> and I'm just like, so I meet these guys and, and they were like, Oh, you know, we hit it off. We were talking. It's like, you know, I think Bob would really like you. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so they actually did, um, send my stuff to Bob and Bob was doing we're here at the time. Mm-hmm which was, yeah, his webcast, and he would invite singer-songwriters to come and play their songs, you know, singer-songwriter songs, covers, Grateful Dead stuff. And they invited me to do one. And that day um, I met Steve Kimmock and Dave Schools and Jason Crosby, who I knew from Long Island. He was on the gig. Jay Lane I met that day and worked at TRI. And um, Bob was, we had so much fun. And and we did my stuff and we did some covers and I got to sing Cassidy, which was the first song we did. And it's all online. You can see it, yeah. which was crazy because thinking about I hadn't sung these songs since, you know, the early part of my, you know, for the beginning and how I cut my teeth, you know, on Long Island were these kind of songs. So it was really wild to sing it with Bob. And, and that day started a lot of friendships. Yeah. And now you're like, 
you know, an artist at large at Jam Cruise and sitting in with all the all the best jam bands and touring with yeah. Steve Kamak. And does that feel, does this feel like a, uh, does it feel like more your, do you still relate to that New York songwriter worlds as much as like where would you feel at home in both in in both places yeah. not not that they're entirely different but i think it was really hard for me to jump back into the jam scene more than it is for me to bring the jam scene into what i do you know like because i had to just i mean my mind was blown working with kim Ock. you know i really was so like doing the the we're here thing was fine because we're singing songs i can sing songs i can play a solo or here or there, you know, but as, as far as experimental music, you know, when Kim Ock gave me a call and was just like, do you want to do some writing together? And I was just like, I was like, oh, okay. You know, so we, we, uh, got together for a week or two with John. So it was mm-hmm. John and Steve and myself John, and, and Steve's son. Kim Ock, great, Steve's son, great yes, drummer. the yeah. Kim Ock's. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we worked together for a couple couple weeks just coming up with ideas and and a lot of that stuff came out of instrumental stuff that we were doing we're just kind of experimenting and then i would start singing something and then we'd work on it like that which is definitely different um but it's a fun way to write there's no right way to write and um and those first tours and people tell me now because they see, you know, it's been like a good three or four years since we've been playing together. I was <laughs> so nervous because some, some, sometimes, especially because Bobby Vega then joined the band, um, you know, and, and, um, we started playing the songs live and there was a bunch of experimental stuff that we were doing that I was so far out of my, depth that I was I was hanging on for dear life but every now and then like I'd have a breakthrough and I'm like oh okay and it's it's that kind of letting go that ch- that we were talking about before just because Steve's got this way of playing that definitely takes you out of a normal harmonic situation so you really have to just kind of uh, it's it can be so open where it's like all melody and harmony exists and and when you get to that place, it's you, you can play. I feel like anybody, a child could play. It's like it's just there, and it's a beautiful, sacred place. That when we get to that, it's it's really incredible. So, but you know, it was it was hard in the beginning. And um, can can but, you describe one of those uh, moments, if it happened in a moment where you felt like you made some sort of breakthrough or epiphany, which is, sounds to me like yeah, you're I think just doing it you know, and just doing it night after night, like any, it's like trial by fire. It's really just jumping in and, you know, like, so it was definitely rough, but then all of a sudden I don't, I'm trying to remember, that's a good question. Like where the breakthrough came from. I can't, I can't pinpoint it, but it was early on. And all of a sudden I was just like, just everything sounded like it all just kind of came together and it melded. And I was like, oh, and it's not to say that the next night wasn't there for me like I think it just, it didn't happen every night you sure. know so but I I think it was just that point where listening has so much to do with it you know getting out of your own way thinking you know or you don't know and I don't know why it happens but when it happens it's so beautiful and it's like when I'm there it's like oh, I want to be here always you know it's yeah I mean I I I feel like I can relate to what you're saying and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you made the analogy of like, almost like a child could play it. And, and I think what you're getting at is, is more like a describing a state of complete openness where your, yeah. your past training or, or knowledge is become somewhat irrelevant and it's just kind of this flow flow state yeah. is that it's all there for you yeah it's just that's what i mean it's like it's, like, it's there for you it's like There's you no can't thinking. play a, it's just can't there. play you a can't wrong play a note wrong if you note. try yeah exactly and yeah. that that's what i mean but you also can't but it's like yeah you 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 you've gotten out of the way so it's almost like not you i'm not there yeah, yeah you're a conduit yeah yeah and songwriting's <laughs> like that too like neil young talks about that you know he's like it's not me i'm just here 
for the music to pass through, you know? So when you can get to that place, that is just, you don't even know. There's another quote. I think it was Ricky Lee Jones said, you never know when you're making a moment. Hmm. Like that's the thing. You're not aware. So, but you're, but you're but completely, aren't you, open. but aren't you aware of it when it's happening or, or not? Yeah. So like you're, yeah, but like in a way, but you don't realize it's like, cause that's how in the moment you are. You right. don't realize that you're making a moment cause you're in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Man. No, it's so cool. I, <laughs> I just, it's a, I it's wish the most there's amazing thing in the world. That's why. Yeah. It I, really is. It's like why I think we all make music. It's yeah. that thing. It's like, you just, it's, it's the thing that, you know, because it's so hard to sometimes get there. So it's such a thing to strive for, you know. But, the you know, and the irony is it's like when you're there, it's like feels like the easiest thing that there is. You know, it doesn't take effort yeah, once you're in it. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and like but... it, and Jerry Garcia sings about it in Crazy Fingers, you know, like Does uh, he? What's, uh... reaching like what's the last verse of Crazy Fingers? Like um, midnight um, on a carousel ride reaching for the gold ring down inside it was almost there i just but it just slips away mm. but i try you know almost could reach but it just slips away you know and i always think about that as that that thing you know it's like it's just it's there but you know it's so elusive <laughs> but if and if you try to reach for it it slips away yeah but somehow it just happens when you're, you're not, not really looking for it yeah and yeah. I think the only way to do it is just to keep doing it, not thinking about it and just do it as much as you can. I think the better I know that the more I play, and this is another lesson that I'm trying to like teach myself, you know, like I let a lot of years go by because of like just self-doubt and, and all that shit. But like you get going and you just do it and you just, it's just going to get better. Absolutely. You yeah. can't fight that. It's just science. It's what it is. It's who we are. I love it. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, well, Leslie, I, uh, you know, I want to, uh, be respectful of your time and, and all that. Um, is there, uh, um, although I just, I still, I, if you, if you don't, I still keep on coming to how, what was the whole London thing about? And like, I still, Oh yeah. So, um, I was working, we were doing my, that melody kills record with Steve. Now Steve was also, um, he wasn't managed by Trinifold, but he was on their label. One, his first record, his solo record. Well, he had a band called Un-American. It's an amazing record. It's a terrible name for a band, especially okay. because they came, they were like kind of famous around 2000, you know, uh, for like 9-11, 2001. They yeah. were like kind of, that was, when, and so I think once 9-11 happened, their name it just mm. didn't work, yeah. but they're a great band. And the irony is that they're an English band that kind of sound Americana. Ah. Um, but it's a fantastic record. Anyway, he, they, they were on a, their label. So, you know, we, he, he was just like, you know, just as a whim, he's just like, I'm going to send your stuff to Robert. And, and Robert really liked it. And he was like, yeah. And so he's like, if, if you want, I can manage you, but why don't you come here and just, we'll try some stuff here. And I'm like, great. So, I did, and and the, I, I was there for three months, and I was just I had an agent over there, so I was doing a bunch of gigs, and I did some touring. Uh, so, oh yeah, so like I did three months there, then I came back. Actually, yeah, and I think the We're Here stuff happened in the time that I was in the states again, and then that summer I went back to England for another year or two, and um, then I was on tour with like Glenn Tilbrook from Squeeze. I did some uh, we, that was like a six week tour all around the UK and Ireland and Scotland. That was really cool. And, um, uh, I just remember opening for Huey Lewis in the news at, at, um, at the gatehead, at the sage and, and gates head, uh, just like a lot of really fun stuff. So that, but that's how that happened. Okay. Did you, uh, was that a great, great time living in London and doing that whole thing? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I think after the Glenn thing didn't, that was, that didn't pan out like everybody hoped it would. So I think that's, we kind of lost a little momentum. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go back to New York. And, and kind of shortly after that, I met Mark Howard. So 
that um, just got on with it. Yeah. And then you open for the Who. That's that's see, that that blows my mind too. Okay, so are we talking in past tense? Like, well, I did Roger Daltrey oh, gigs. Oh. I've done. I've that's so right. oh, check this out. Okay. Roger Daltrey. So I've done. It's cool, but I have a big gig announcement. So um, I don't know if this is going to air after it, but that's okay. Gonna, so I've done. Okay. So the cool thing with like I keep saying cool. The 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 good thing about my relationship with Robert is that it's still, it's still ongoing. So even though I'm, I'm working with Kevin, he, uh, has asked me to do some. Wait, R- Roger, touring. Roger. Yeah. Or, opening okay. for Roger's solo tour. I've did uh, tours. I've done three of them uh, last year. So that was an amazing experience. And then I just got a call last week to, to open for the who at Madison square garden. No way. Way. Ah, <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's happening um, next May fourteenth. So oh I'm. Oh my god! So if this if this already airs afterwards, then um, we could have a follow up. I'll yeah. tell you how it went. Um. Wow. But they need an acoustic act because they're acoustic, normally having. That they sounds... needed. They're normally doing big rock acts to open up, but um, they needed an acoustic act for this particular night. They're doing the orchestra. So they needed something kind of compact. And since right. I did all those Roger gigs, they're like, they just asked me to do it. And are, I'm like, okay. Oh my God. Are, that's, are you going to, that sounds so intimidating just to be an acoustic act opening for the who at Madison square garden. I mean, not to, not to get you, you know, nervous no, or anything, not. but it's uh, here's you, another it, Neil Young quote. It's another hash house on the road to success. Give him no respect. Mm. Yeah. You just, just going to, I don't even want to think about yeah, it because it's just so do it freaking crazy is that it just going to be you or are you going to have steve no it's or? me and steve okay yeah so the big question is are we going to go two acoustics or are we going to do an acoustic and electric right. that's the decision <laughs> right and, and who would do the electric if you did that oh steve steve yeah no, i'd play acoustic yeah ah well congratulations that's, that's leslie that, that's huge that's um yeah that's really exciting yeah awesome so we'll do a follow up, and I'll, I'll tell yeah. you all that uh, Jackson Brown stuff too. <laughs> you know. So wait, what? <laughs> How did I miss that? I'm... Uh, it's all right. I know because um, next time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure in like in a few years we're gonna be like. We yeah, should have a have six a... month follow up. Okay, that's good. Let's do a twelve month, just because. Oh, uh, uh, fine. Still... Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm a busy guy. I can't get you oh, know. Oh yeah, I can't sorry. Okay, just, like, whatever. Skip, yeah, it's like this isn't the dentist here. It's not like a six month. You know, no, just kidding. I would I would love to do a follow up uh, anytime. Um, and awesome. So yeah, to make sure to make sure to. Uh, well, I don't know. Are you going to talk about your Kickstarter at Madison Square Garden? You know, I was thinking about it, and then I'll be like, the irony of it all. But you know, that. it's good for people to know that it's like. You know, you're not. It's like times are different. It's like you're not. You're an independent artist. I was artist. almost gonna make a joke about it. Be like, I'm like, am I the first person to ever announce that I have a Kickstarter? I'm <laughs> <on, laughs> nice Yeah, I think it'd be great. I just kind of want to make a joke about it because I mean, it would be foolish for me not to mention it. Yeah, no. But I think then again, you... it's like it's so. It's just bananas. The whole thing. Yeah. No. You. Sh- yeah. I think I think you can't go wrong. Yeah, just but yeah, you should make a joke about it. That'd be, that'd be great. You're you're, you're a natural entertainer. I've I've oh, I've, I've noticed that. And um, anyway, Leslie, always a pleasure, and thanks for your time. Um, I'll uh, I'll I'll you can hang on the line for a second so we could just debrief real quick. But um, all right, as far as the recorded section, you can have a post game wrap up. Yep. Um, definitely, definitely go. Support Leslie's Kickstarter for if you can't say anything nice, her new album. And uh, if you're on the, uh, you know, the the tri-state area, go. Well, the, uh, I'm I'm not sure if this is going to be out before the before the uh, show. It's going to come out in in the summer. It'll, it'll uh, come so, out before yeah, your we'll, Kickstarter we'll, for sure. The, yeah, the, which right, is which the oh the deadline is uh, June seventh. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. But the so, record's yeah. not going to come out until um, like early September. Okay. Like late That's, summer. Yeah. Great. That's soon. That's soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, goodbye, Ezra Lip Hour, more or less. Listeners, Leslie, 
thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to end now. Bye. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. That was fun. Again, again, we had fun. Uh, and I, I did, I have spoken with Leslie and uh, the Madison Square Garden show where she opened for The Who. Um, she said it was incredible. So well done on that, Leslie. And uh, she's got a little while to go on her Kickstarter and she's almost there. I, last I checked, she just has a few more thousand dollars to go. So I'm sure she would really appreciate it if you helped her out. I really want to hear the new record in its full glory with all the bells and whistles and everything she's going to do. So go support Leslie. And uh, yeah, as I said earlier, feel free to leave a review and rate this show. It helps get the word out, spread the word. I appreciate it. Until next time, I'll see you later. The T-E-L T-E-L-H-M-O-L signing off. My new favorite acronym for the show. The only acronym that made sense. Uh, I'll see you soon. This is Ezra, and have a great, have a great day.